Hi, it's Christopher Rich. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zimrak. Welcome to episode 299 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, Christopher Rich joins us. Of course, he was in Reba, The Charmings, Murphy Brown, and so many other things, and he's got a new movie that's in production, and it's called Cassidy Way, and it's going to be a completely different style for him, a whole different side of him, and uh, he's going to talk about all that, and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of an exciting movie, so be sure to be watching for that one. It's in production right now, but... This week, we are going to be looking at what's coming your way as far as movies in theaters and on DVD in February. So let's get right into it. It's Remake Madness next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Movies in February that are being remade and coming your way in theaters. It looks like the Lego movie gets remade from a toy to a movie on February 7th. The RoboCop remake will land in theaters on February 12th with Gary Oldman and Michael Keaton. And a remake of About Last Night will hit theaters on February 14th. The Endless Love remake arrives on Valentine's Day, February 14th. And Son of God arrives and retells the story of Jesus. And it looks like Roma Downing is in the cast. And that comes your way on February 28th. That's it for Remake Madness coming your way in theaters in February. Next... Upcoming new movies in February in theaters. Upcoming new movies that will be heading your way in theaters in February. Well, you can look for The Monuments Men with George Clooney and an all-star cast is going to arrive on February 7th. Vampire Academy will take a bite out of the wallets of people if uh, all goes well for them on February 14th. At least that's what they're hoping. And The Battle of Good and Evil will once again take place in Winter's Tale on February 14th. On February 21st, the story of Pompeii will come our way, and Kevin Costner arrives in a starring role in Three Days to Kill as a dying Secret Service agent who is trying to reconnect with his daughter, and he is offered an experimental drug to save his life if he does one more assassination. And Joseph Gordon Levitt will voice the lead role in The Wind Rises, an animated film on February 21st. Nonstop stars Liam Neeson as an air marshal on an international flight on February 28th. And guess what? There are no sequels coming your way in February. Wow, <laughs> that's unusual. And that's it. And uh, like I said, there's no sequels, so we'll skip right over that. Next on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD in February. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. 
FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. TV on DVD coming your way in February on Blu-ray. Well, it looks like February 4th. You can get Family Matters Season 4, Joni Loves Chachi Season 1 and Season 2, Laverne and Shirley Season 7, and the White Queen miniseries. February 11th, The Americans Season 1, Dallas Season 2, Diagnosis Murder Season 7, The Mod Squad Season 5, Volume 1, New Heart, Season 2, The Red Skelton Hour, Lost Episodes. February 18th, Battlestar Galactica, Complete Epic Series. Game of Thrones, Season 3, Gentle Ben, Season 2, Nurse Jackie, Season 5, and The Six Million Dollar Man, Season 5. February 25th, L.A. Law, Season 1, and The Middle, Season 4. That's it for TV on DVD coming your way in February. Next on On Screen and Beyond, movies on DVD coming your way in February, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD coming your way in February, February 4th, About Time with Rachel McAdams. And look for Baggage Claim with Paula Patton. And Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey, Escape Plane with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Freebirds with Owen Wilson, and Romeo and Juliet with Haley Steinfeld. And on February 11th, All is Lost with Robert Redford, The Best Man Holiday with Tay Diggs. And you can look for Diana with Naomi Watts, Ender's Game with Harrison Ford, and The Jungle Book with Phil Harris. And on February 25th, Thor The Dark World with Chris Hemsworth, Gravity with Sandra Bullock. That is it for movies coming your way on Blu-ray and DVD in February. Next on On Screen and Beyond, so excited to have this guest with us, Christopher Rich, who was on Reba, and he was also in The Charmings. He was also on Murphy Brown, and he's done so much else, but he's also got a new movie in production called Cassidy Way, be ready for that one, because it's a different role for him. Christopher Rich is next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has been on Broadway, been in multiple hit TV shows, including Murphy Brown, Another World, Boston Legal, and Reba. He is currently working on a new film called Cassidy Way. It's Christopher Rich. Christopher, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Now, Christopher, Cassidy Way, you've done a lot of things in your career, but this sounds like it might be a little bit different than some of the things you've done in the past. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> no, you know, it's... Uh, it's. It, it's so strange um, as an actor to. Uh, you're, believe me, your reaction is not the uh, is not the first, and it's quite typical. You know, why would uh, why would I be doing a film like Cassidy Way? For me, it seemed it seemed an obvious thing to do because, you know, I'm I'm just an actor, and so it really to me it doesn't matter whether it's a comedy or a romance or in this case a, a thriller. Right. Uh, it's really about it's really about the guy. You know, the character. And uh, this this guy uh, Donald Connor, uh, the character that I play in Cassidy Way, it was just a fascinating conundrum to approach. And so, uh, 
but I, I will tell you this, Ricky Masler, the casting director, when she called to offer me the part, she said, um, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, why? It's a, it's a cool part. And she said, well, you know, the brand. <laughs> and it's kind—I of, don't know—it's kind of hard to think of yourself as Coca-Cola, and uh, and and uh, and I don't. You know, for me, it's really just about doing stuff that seems uh, that seems interesting and challenging. And mm-hmm. this was particularly challenging, actually. Yeah. Well, what can you tell us about the movie? Well, Casting Way is uh, is it's based on on loosely based on true events. It's about. Uh, really about three college students who are trying to make a film and they sort of stumble uh, stumble onto a situation uh, an old fracking site uh, and they think that it might be a good subject for a film but li- living next to the fracking sti- site are the Connors the Connor family and ten years previously Donald Connor's son uh, had uh, had wandered into the area and had been shot by security guards, a 10-year-old boy. And uh, Donald's reaction to that was to slowly withdraw from uh, from the world and, and go crazy. I mean, I think any parent probably uh, is going to have a very difficult time losing losing a child. But for Donald, it's, uh, it's too much. He was one of the guys who had refused to sell to a fracking company and uh, and he began to believe that there was a conspiracy uh, to take his property and uh, and drive him and his family away and then he went crazy and the uh, the ensuing events are really what uh, what what make up the bulk of the film it's uh, it's intense <laughs> it's intense to say the least and these poor kids stumble into the middle of it and he mistakes them for working for the fracking company uh-huh. and uh, so it's pretty unpleasant hmm. for them. Yeah. And for him, for everybody, actually, for everybody, it's not, it's not very pleasant. It's chilly. Sounds like a good movie. Good. Sounds good. It's really good, you know. And uh, and I'll be honest, Brian. Uh, you know, sometimes you take on, you take on a role. Uh, Reba, Reba, actually, that television show is a good example. Uh, in, in all honesty, I took that job thinking, you know, this is probably just going to be a pilot. Maybe we'll make a couple of episodes. And uh, and off you go into the sunset and on to the next job. But mm-hmm. um, the chemistry of that cast uh, was something really special. And so, you know, we ended up doing six seasons and 130-something episodes. Right. And it was really about that chemistry. You know, I mean, that that's what ends up translating. And that's what can capture uh, people's affection and, and, and attention. And uh, and I sort of approached Cassidy Way at the... At, at the same time, we shot it during December, which is a real quiet month. And so I thought, well, it's not going to conflict with anything else. And, uh, you know, it'll be kind of fun to do. But it turned out that uh, the group of people from from the DP to the director, Harvey Lowry and Ken Sachs, the writer, and and my other castmates like, uh, like Nicky Moore and Randy Wayne and uh, uh, Mike Nardelli, these guys were, and Stan Shaw, of course, these guys really delivered some uh, some top notch work, and and the project just kept elevating itself. We began to rewrite as we as we went along, and we got deeper and deeper into the core of these people, and uh, it actually turned into a hell of a project. Now it's difficult, you know, as we're speaking now. The film's in the middle of the edit, mm-hmm, right. and uh, the only thing I can really speak to is what the experience was while we were. 
while we were filming, and it was an extraordinary experience. Uh, but my wife likes to describe the, this process as a symphony, and uh, even if you're playing the hell out of your violin, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the end product is going to be uh, is going to be perfect. So yeah. right now, all, all my all my uh, uh, all my trust is placed in uh, in Harvey Lowry and our editor and. Uh, and you know, just praying that uh, that what we laid down gets translated to the screen. If it does, it's going to be a hell of a picture. Yeah. Now, Harvey Lowry, people may not know the name because directors, producers, you don't always know them. But I found it interesting that this is his directorial debut, and he's did special effects for Night at the Museum and the Curious Case of Benjamin Buttons. Now, how was it working for him? And uh, when he's working on there, of course, he's. I know he's got to be thinking about the special effects for this. <laughs> well, well, you would think. Uh, I mean, that would be a natural assumption, Ryan. But, uh, in fact, that was not his main concern. He had Jerry, one of the guys that he works with, uh, on uh, on those uh, pictures you mentioned, uh, you know, Benjamin Button and, and Night at the Museum. He had Jerry there to handle that stuff. Really, uh, Harvey uh, just worked hand-in-glove with... Uh, with Manny, our, our DP, and really concentrated on not the special effects, but the performance, the tone, the the the, the tenor, if you will, of of the picture. He um he's uh, he's a director you're going to be hearing a lot more about. In fact, I'm actually considering going and doing his his next film, which is completely different from the one we just did. It's called Southern Christmas, and it's a Really sweet Heartland uh, film, sort of like The Prince and the Pauper, uh, but uh, but mm. set in the Heartland about Christmas. Yeah, a completely different kind of film. No special effects at all. Just a really really sweet script. I enjoyed working with this guy more than I can tell you. I think I think he's got a really great career ahead of him as as a director. Yeah. I expect to hear a lot from Harvey. Had you ever worked with him before? Never. Never. I'd only met with Harvey, and in fact, I'd met with him about doing Southern Christmas, which would be a... Now, that's that's one that's, uh, speaking of branding, that, that would be a very, you know, uh, natural fit for me with the Reva show and some of the other stuff. Uh, you know, the Heartland, I have a nice following yeah. in Heartland, and it's a Heartland picture, and that's what we met on. And it was, uh, Harvey took this uh, this picture, Cassidy Way, Sort of at the last minute, they had very little pre-production time. The money just sort of fell from the sky, and they decided to take a run at it in December. But it was because of our potential relationship on Southern Christmas that uh, that I ended up doing Cassidy Way for him. And uh, I'm really happy I did. I'm really happy I did. It's going to surprise a lot of people. Hmm, yeah. Now, have you ever worked with any of the other people who were in the cast? Stan and I have crossed paths before, but we've never been on screen together. So this was the first time that Stan Shaw and I had been on screen together. Uh, and I, I hadn't worked with anyone else in the cast except for Lisa Long, who plays my wife, uh, Mary Connor, in the picture. Lisa and I are actually partners on another project called Swallow Your Bliss. It's a uh, an independent half-hour pilot that we're both producers on and, and acted in. That's... Uh, that's just being finished up now, but she's a terrific. You might know her from. She played the lesbian on Shameless. She's a she's a hell of an actress. Oh, okay. I, re, I really love her. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, so we had worked together before, um, and and I was really pleased that they'd cast her as my wife. Now she was on General Hospital too, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. A lot. These people have all done. Uh, in fact, I think that half of the young uh, kids, uh, Randy and Nikki and and uh, Mike, have done um, have done soaps. Uh, but you know they they've also done those cool things like uh, I, Nikki Moore particularly has been on soaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Randy, I think I don't know Twilight or or something like that. You know these guys are these guys have a nice pedigree, mm-hmm. and they're all filmmakers themselves, which is the other thing. I mean these are these are guys who have their own production slates. They've got uh, you know they're in fact Randy left, and I think he's still in Goa, uh, India, shooting a film that he's uh, directing and producing. So wow. those guys are real go-getters. Huh. Now, is there any release date yet on Cassidy Way? No, not that I know of. I mean, I think the, edit, the build on this is probably going to be, my guess, seven weeks, something like that. So that would take us toward the end of February. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, I, you know, then I, I, you know, I don't really know. This, it was unusual for me, Brian, because since I left uh, Reba, I've I've done a bunch of producing and uh, and writing and production stuff. But on this film, really, and people gave me a lot of space. Uh, I just focused on playing this guy, this Donald Connor mm-hmm. character. And when you finally see it, you'll see what the requirements were. But it was uh, I tried to stay away from everything except uh, except the portrayal of, of Donald. Yeah, is it hard to get into the headspace of the character that you're playing? Whether whether it's a, a you know a, a crazed character or a, or a zany character or whatever, is it is it difficult to do that? It depends on the character. All right, I mean some come you know, and depending upon who you are as a person and as an actor, some of those you know we fall right into. It. I mean they're they're right next to us. You're not asked to to uh, to go to any dark places or to come up with you know anything outside your that you, that you really have to reach for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but in the but in the case of a guy like Donald, you know that was about. Uh, sort of allowing yourself to jump off the cliff and and experience internally what he had gone through, and um, and you know how it affects him, so you know you're going to have to get from point A to point Z, and uh, and taking that journey and and really it's a it's a matter of trust. You if if it's going to work, if it's going to work well, you just you have to take you, you just have to take the leap, the leap of faith, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard, you know. In fact, I went and stayed. We shot it in Acton, uh, California, which is up by Palmdale, out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I stayed in a kind of a flea bag hotel up there, um, kind of depressing, uh, because I didn't want to, you know, have to just drop Donald uh, and you know every night and come home to my family. I I thought, I thought that might be difficult. And in the end, I think it was it was, uh, it was definitely the right decision. I just sort of inhabited him and uh, and let it go, man. I I just let this guy go, and uh, it was exhausting and and sometimes a little. It was always intense. Sometimes a little scary, you know. Um, but uh, but it's cathartic too. It's really. It's really fun. You're, you're, I was relieved when the ride was over, but uh, I really enjoyed the journey. I really enjoyed the journey, and I, I'm actually thinking I want to do some more stuff like this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
Well, I have a lot of respect for for actors like you that you know. One minute you're doing a role that you know you're the most lovable person in the world and and everybody likes you, and then all of a sudden you're doing another one where you're this crazy person and and now we hate you, you know. <laughs> right? How you're scared of them? In fact, I, I remember after the first few days shooting, we were we just done some really some just intense kind of nauseating work and uh, we finished and you know you're kind of wiping the tears and the and the stuff away the saliva the spittle you know <laughs> you're covered in sweat and and uh, it's the end of the day that was the last shot of the day and uh, Harvey walked up to me and he's just kind of standing next to me and he went I'm kind of scared of you right now so good night <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like one of those, and, he, and he's a good friend. Uh, but it is, it is like that. But, but thank you for that. Yeah, you know, that's, that's one of the, uh, but that's one of the real joys. Uh, you know, I started out doing theater, um, and I would go from play to play, and whether it was Shakespeare, you know, it's Shakespeare one month, and the next month it's, uh, of mice and men, mm-hmm. or some drawing room comedy, and, and really that's, uh, that was the joy of it, yeah. you know. Uh, you, you get to be somebody, somebody different. And, and I have to tell you, the one thing I, a lot of the guys, Murphy Brown is a comedy, and Reba's uh, certainly a comedy. Boston Legal, I, the character I played on there was, uh, you know, there was a certain comic bent right. to yeah. uh, to Melvin Palmer. Um, but in each one of those. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why I've been fortunate enough to work is that whenever I'm playing, you know, the husband in Reba was uh, originally uh, written as just the bad guy. He's a bad, stupid-ass husband. And on Murphy Brown, Miller Redfield had all the depth of a roadside puddle. And um, and uh, and Melvin Palmer on Boston Legal, he was a guy who was just the sleaziest person ever. And I always feel like my task is to, you know, nobody ever feels like they're the villain. Right. We don't feel like we're a villain. <laughs> you know, Iago, he doesn't think he's the bad guy. Right. Uh, and so I think that it's our job as actors to really be the best advocates for that character that we can possibly be. And so I always try to bring the full, I never play the villainy or the badness of a character. Never. Hmm. And, um, and it really, those comedy turns served me well on Donald because the script started out with Donald just being sort of, you know, like a knife-wielding psychopath uh, who enjoyed what he was doing. And, and as we worked on the script before we started filming, I said, guys, think about it. I mean, this is a guy who's lost his child. The water's been polluted on his place. It's really started to affect their, their mental capabilities. They're all quite toxic. Uh, and he feels like, you know, this guy feels like that, that the world is closing in on him from all sides and he doesn't know what to do. What if our approach would be to, to, to let the guy, to, or to let me as an actor portray a guy who is doing this all reluctantly and, and that his thing is, I've got to do this to save my family and I've got to, and, once we took that turn and we took all of the sort of gleeful mayhem out of it, uh, it, it, it changed the picture substantially. And, um, and it allowed me to, I mean, the, you, you, cannot, you cannot ever condone what Donald does, but I think at the end of this picture you understand why he's doing it yeah. and that he's not necessarily 
that he's not a bad person. Yeah, he's, he's not doing a monster. That, yeah. But he's, yeah, he's not a monster. Yeah. The world has made him a monster sort of thing, and uh, and it was a blast. You know, you can imagine. It's a blast to play that and, and to have it work. Oh, yeah. And it just worked. Yeah. It made it that much scarier, actually. Now, is acting uh, what you've always but, wanted to do? Well, no. No, in fact, uh, uh, I thought I would now be a lawyer like my father. My father was a trial lawyer in Texas, and uh, I had been a trial assistant for him as a late teenager when when I was first in college, and uh, I was headed to law school definitely, but since I'd already been in the courtroom with him and seen other lawyers work as opposed to taking pre-law courses, I I decided I was going to take uh, theater courses to uh, to increase my courtroom presence. Ah, okay. um, but when I was graduating from the University of Texas, Cornell uh, offered me a fellowship to get a master's degree and you know texas boys don't turn down the ivy league particularly when it's free <laughs> so i went to cornell and got a master's and then one of my classmates from the university of texas had become an agent in new york and she said just take a year off jesus what now law school come on take a year off and uh and try and do some acting i'll represent you and you know one thing i mean i've been headed to law school for 40 years brother so it's like <laughs> I'm so grateful it never happened. I'm kind of an accidental actor. Um, But I'm, uh, you know, I feel blessed to get to do this. It's it's incredible. Yeah, you've done so many great roles. It's been a great life. So many great roles. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In fact, now, this was not a role that is, you know, everybody remembers you for, but I remember you from a show called The Charmings. Oh, yeah, I love that. Eric Charming. You I know, like I mean, that what show. a crazy concept. <laughs> I liked it, too. But uh, apparently you smoked a lot of pot in your youth because uh, <laughs> usually the people who come up to me and go, dude, I love The Charming, they have a bong in one hand and, and a joint in the other. But... Uh, yeah, uh, it, it was the idea of, uh, you know, in the 1980s that the Snow White and Prince Charming would be cast into uh, Van Nuys, California in, in the valley by a bad spell from the witch and have to make their way through society. I, I thought it was a brilliant a brilliant idea. Oh, yeah. And Rob Sternan and Prue Frazier, who came up with the idea and produced it, I uh, have stayed friends. Uh, the you know they're they're lo- they are Prince Charming and Snow White. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was a, a pretty good show. I you know actually if you think about it, of course it was a comedy, but the the show Once Upon a Time that's out now is is a, dr- a dramatic show, but it's the it's, same idea. The characters from Fairy you Tales. You know they you know they stole it. You know they stole it from us, Brian. Come on, let's be honest. Let's just say it out there. Forget the lawsuit. <laughs> It's a total thievery, you know, but I look at it as more of a tribute to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that was a great fun. That show was a lot of fun to do. Yep. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad that you saw it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Not that. Not a lot of people did. We were up against Cosby. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was the death of a lot of shows because of Cosby. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And, and George Carlin, you were on that show, too, right? Yeah, I love, you know, man, that was a great group of people. The unfortunate thing is a lot of those actors, I mean, uh, Tony Stark, I never see work anymore. Paige French, I think, doesn't work as an actress anymore. Rock, Alex Rocco, of course, is still the guy who played Mo Green in Godfather and played George's best friend on the show. He's still doing stuff, but George has passed. Um, that was a joy, and he was one of the most amazing guys. And, uh, and you know, his social commentary comedy is, of course, legendary. Oh, but, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, his humanity, his his uh, his heart, just being around the guy and his family um, was a real joy. He was a delicate, sweet, lovely, lovely man. Lovely man. I miss him terribly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's crazy the amount of crap I've done, huh, Brian? Yeah, yeah, you know, I was, I was looking at doing my research, and I'm looking over, and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that show, and you know, and all, all the different things you've been. Of course, Murphy Brown, I mean, hey, everybody remembers you from that one. Yeah, all the depth of a roadside puddle. <laughs> but you played it so good, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's a gift. That's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I loved playing Miller. I loved being Miller. It was so wonderful. Hey, that was the original Anchorman. It's, that's right. That's exactly right. You know, I always think, I've always thought that he was based on Stone Phillips. Mm -hmm. uh, because at that time, I don't know if you remember, but at that time, there there was a joke going around Hollywood. Uh, the, the four most fearsome words for any actor uh, in Hollywood were, and now Stone Phillips. Because he had like six news talk shows on and every time he would take another hour slot there were you know there were jobs that we couldn't get so uh yeah stone phillips you know it was uh i didn't really i didn't really base him on stone i think i think that the writers did i just uh i based him on nothing because that's what miller was he yeah. was basically just a face <laughs> it was a face and a voice yeah, yeah. last Christopher, I want to finish up with two final questions, taking us away from your sure. new movies and your past history of TV and everything. When you get to sit down and relax and watch TV, what are your favorite TV shows now and in, of the past? And what are your favorite movies of now and the past? Well, you know, that's always tough for guys in the business because I have uh, an awful lot of friends. I mean, right. you know, it's gone now, but um, – uh, but I certainly did love uh, uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, I just thought job. it was magnificent, and I love seeing one of my guys that I used to go into the room with an audition against make the transition from comedy into drama. And, of course, you know, he became uh, also the producer and director of it, and that's a success that, I, that, I'm, that I'm really, really happy about for him. So Breaking Bad was great. But right now, let's see, what am I watching that's on right now? I love... Uh, I love, you know, I love the cable shows. I love House of Lies. I love Homeland. It's an amazing, amazing show. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, you know, Banshee. I don't know if you've seen Banshee. Yes. That's an intense, sick, wonderful, uh, <laughs> wonderful show. Uh, for the comedies, you know, like I, House of Lies, I think is great. I'll watch uh, The Veep, uh, mm -hmm. Julie Lurie-Dreyfus, yeah. you know, one of the. One of the core gals. So I, I, um, 
I watch that. I, wa- I hate to say it. I watch a lot of news programming and sports. Mm-hmm. But that, what do you expect from a guy from Texas who can actually read? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, movies, uh, just watch 12 Years a Slave. Um, wow. Good movie. I, I mean, that's, oh my God, it's, it's phenomenal. Wow. It's phenomenal. I think that people forget that, uh, that blacks, in that time period who were living in new england uh were were kidnapped and uh and and sold back down to the free men free men were kidnapped and sold into slavery uh in the south uh there was a booming market and it very few survived but this is a true story about one man who did survive it's a great movie and watching Watching the cast in August, Osage County, uh, Meryl Streep and, uh, and uh, Julia Roberts, uh, Chris Cooper, mm-hmm. those guys just did an amazing job. I mean, it, it's an amazing performance. Meryl Streep, you know, it's just unfair to all the rest of us. Right. <laughs> Her and Daniel Day-Lewis kind of screws it up for the rest right. of us because <laughs> it just... You know, we all look like puppets. We're just meat puppets, and then they come along and show you what what real, real good <laughs> acting is. The film I'm dying to see is The Wolf of Wall Street. I'm dying to see The Wolf of I Wall heard that's Street. Good. I did see. Yeah, I hear it's phenomenal. I did see Christian's uh, performance in American Hustle, and he and Amy Adams are just uh, they're they're phenomenal. So is uh, Bradley Cooper. He's uh, once again great in it. Uh, but I'm dying to see DiCaprio's Wolf of Wall Street. I hear great things about it. Yeah. But man, you know, I like, I like anything. Hell, man, I'll watch Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. watch Backyard Oil set in Kentucky. Yep. I'll. Uh, <laughs> I, okay, that's maybe not true, but um, uh, no, those are that, that's sort of what I'm hooked on. You know, I mean, you sort of get the general right. tenor, you yeah. Boardwalk Empire. Uh, a lot of friends, a lot of friends, have been doing great turns on that show. It's a wonderful actors. Uh, Actors Paradise, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they put together such phenomenal uh, character studies. Uh, I don't know why it is that period pieces always seem uh, to take me away from you know really take me out of the out of my life right right now and send me someplace different. It's yeah. a, it's it's a fun journey. Yeah, people. So that's that's sort of what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Well. Christopher, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, everybody should get My ready. pleasure. Everybody should get ready for Cassidy Way, so we'll be excited yeah, to see when up. that comes out. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. It was a great interview, man. You're you're awesome. Christopher Rich, what a great guest. I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. And I, I, I just loved him on all the shows he was on. But uh, like I told him in the in the interview, uh, The Charmings, I, I like that show. That was kind of neat. It was uh, sort of like Once Upon a Time, only comedy and, uh, you know, way ahead of its time. So if you ever get a chance, check that out. It's kind of crazy. What, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, it didn't last long, but uh, still it was a fun show. Well, that is it. We are working our way to our 300th show. It's next week, right here on On Screen and Beyond. I hope you're going to join us. And we got some fun things coming your way in the next few weeks. We've got some great guests lined up. And I hope you're going to stick around, tell your friends. Let's get the word out. Uh, we're, uh, over, we are over the 100,000 people a day listening to On Screen and Beyond. I know we were talking about that for the last two months. 
And we've been trying to get people to tell more people, but don't stop. Don't stop. Keep telling people because uh, we got so much to share. And uh, we've got a lot of great guests. Go back and listen to the catalog at 299 people right now, over 299, because we had double guests sometimes. And uh, just such amazing guests, and they've got some great stories. Check it out. It's all there. It's free. You can go to iTunes if you want or write to onscreenandbeyond.com. Every one of them is up there still, so uh, check them out. Uh, it's great guest. Uh, some have passed away, unfortunately, but uh, it's sort of like a legacy that you can hear their stories told by them. So I hope you'll enjoy those. Tell a friend, and I uh, hope you'll join us next week on our 300th show. So until then, that's a wrap for this week. Until next week when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Take care.